Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2317 with a release date of Friday, March 25th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. China's space station makes room for amateur radio. Russia and Belarus are suspended from CEPT. And hams help other hams after Australia's wide-ranging flood damage. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2317 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Our top story this week takes us to the space station that China is building module by module. The latest word is that one of those modules will have room for amateur radio. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, has those details. China's Tiangong space station, which has been constructed in low Earth orbit following the launch of its first module last May, is expected to have room for astronauts, experiments and now amateur radio. The IARU Satellite Frequency Coordination Panel reports that it received an application on March 8th for an amateur radio payload to be on board. The station is being proposed by the Chinese Radio Amateurs Club in cooperation with the Aerospace System Engineering Research Institute of Shanghai and the Harbin Institute of Technology. Previous news reports have noted that the Chinese Manned Space Agency plans to have three astronauts on board continuously for a minimum of 10 years. One module will house the astronauts. The space station expects to use the remaining two of its three modules to host scientific experiments of researchers from all nations of the UN. The amateur radio station is applying to use portions of the VHF-UHF amateur radio band and will consist of communications by voice, repeater, AFSK digipeater and SSTV or other digital imaging modes. Not unlike the radios on board the International Space Station, the ham radios on the Chinese Space Station are intended for a variety of uses, including contacts with students to inspire careers in science, technology, engineering and math. According to the application, the payload would launch in the third quarter of this year. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Hems from Belarus and the Russian Federation are feeling the impact after their nation's memberships were suspended from the European Conference of Postal and Telecommunications Administrations. Ed Durant, DD5LP, has the update. The European Conference of Postal and Telecommunications Administrations has indefinitely suspended the membership of Belarus and the Russian Federation in a sweeping action that has an impact on amateur radio operators. An agreement within the conference, known as CEPT, grants amateur radio privileges to qualifying hams travelling between signatory countries without the need to obtain additional permits or licences. The CEPT was formed to foster cooperation among its member nations with regards to postal and electronic communications. The suspension which comes in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine took effect on the 18th of March. The Russian Federation joined CEPT in 1994. Belarus became a member in 2003. From Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. The Radio Society of Great Britain has suffered a great loss with the death of one of its key team members. 
Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has that story. Giles Reed, G1MFG, had been the technical editor for Radcom magazine, the widely read publication sent free every month to society members throughout the world. The society announced that Giles, who had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer just days earlier, became a silent key on Friday the 18th of March. No further details were immediately available. We here at Amateur Radio Newsline extend our condolences to his family and friends. The Society will be posting additional details about Giles on its website at rsgb.org forward slash sk. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Amateur radio clubs are proud to be able to help in disasters. But what happens when the clubs themselves become victims? John Williams, VK4JJW, tells us about how one club in Australia has stepped up to help a dozen of those whose shacks were devastated by recent floods. An amateur radio club on the border of New South Wales and Victoria in Australia has come to the rescue of a dozen or so clubs that, like their own, works to assist communities ravaged by such disasters as bushfires, earthquakes and floods. In this case, however, the North East Victoria Amateur Radio Club has stepped in because the other clubs became victims themselves after recent floods destroyed their vital radio gear and in many cases washed it away. The club has been providing assistance by collecting funds as well as new radio gear. Frank Scott, VK2BFC, secretary of the club, told ABC.net News that a fund has been created to replace as much of the other club's lost gear as possible. He said many of the clubs belong to the Wireless Institute Australia's Civil Emergency Network. According to Frank, most of the equipment that was lost was not covered by flood damage insurance. Frank said that it was difficult to get that kind of insurance for such items as ham radio equipment and communication towers. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. Two groups of hams tested their portable communications capabilities recently on a remote island in India. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, tells us about their drill. An exercise in emergency preparedness brought hams in one region of India to a remote island on the river Gunja near Patna, the capital city of Bihar. It was a two-day field exercise on March 12th and 13th for members of the Society of Radio Amateurs relying only on battery power for more than 30 hours. They were joined by operators from the Indian wave of amateur radio, VU2IWA, based in Kolkata, who, like the hams in Bihar, know that preparedness is essential in a region like theirs, which is prone to earthquakes and floods. Radio conditions that weekend were conducive to good contacts. According to a report on the global Bihari news site, hundreds of QSOs were made between that remote island and radio operators as far away as Europe. The hams were pleased with the results, since many of them provide essential communication during the region's natural disasters. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Weather preparedness is a priority everywhere. Randy Sly, W4XJ, tells us how those of us in the United States can get involved. As we here in the United States approach the season for thunderstorms, tornadoes, and hurricanes, the National Weather Service is holding severe weather preparedness weeks across the country. Tornado drills, announcements through the media, and personal preparation information are just a few ways the Weather Service is getting the word out at this time of year to be prepared. 
It's a good time for amateur radio operators involved in Aries, Racy's, CERT, Skywarn, and other groups to ensure that we are also prepared. This includes making sure that all radios, accessories, along with backup power sources, are fully functional, and that all contact information is up-to-date with the agencies and organizations served. Christopher Strong, Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the Baltimore-Washington, D.C. Weather Forecast Office, told Amateur Radio Newsline that hams can play a big part in being weather-aware by knowing what threats are possible. Hams should have a plan if extreme weather occurs. Strong said that during an event, operators are important as they actively gather impact data from their community and get that information back to the National Weather Service, which improves the accuracy of the notifications being issued. Over the years, the motto, When All Else Fails, Amateur Radio, has proven true in many situations. This is not only due to amateur operators' readiness to serve, but our willingness to be prepared. For more information, go to weather.gov and click on Spring Preparedness. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. It's time to think about the next generation of radio operators and appreciate their skill and dedication. Perhaps one of them will be the next recipient of the Amateur Radio Newsline Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. Consider nominating an amateur radio operator who's 18 years of age or younger with talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nominations close May 31st. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Butler County Amateur Radio Public Service Group's K3PSG repeater in Butler, Pennsylvania, on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. local time. Get ready for April 19th. If you're looking to upgrade, renew, or change your call sign, you have until that date to do so without having to pay a fee. The FCC has announced its new $35 application fee for U.S. amateur radio licenses takes effect on that date. The agency said the fees can be paid by using the Commission's Universal Licensing System on the FCC website. The FCC posted a public notice on its website on March 23rd, announcing it would begin collecting the fees, which it has said will cover the costs of processing the applications. For HAMS, the fees apply to new licenses, renewals, upgrades, sequential call sign changes, and applications for vanity calls. It does not apply to such administrative updates as a change of email or other mailing address. The team behind Oregon's first satellite gets bragging rights this week after its successful launch from Alaska. Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB, brings us that story. Space enthusiasts are celebrating the launch of Oregon's first satellite, which carried amateur radio into low Earth orbit on a spacecraft no larger than a box of tissues. Known as Orasat Zero, it's an open-source CubeSat built by the Portland State Aerospace Society, an interdisciplinary group of students at Portland State University. With solar panels, batteries, a color camera, and, of course, amateur radio on board, it was launched on March 15th from Kodiak, Alaska. 
The group's faculty advisor, Andrew Greenberg, KD7CJT, said on the university website, quote, Our small group of space hipsters gathered in the rocket room to watch the launch with fancy bagels and pour-over coffee, and then collectively held our breath for more than an hour. End quote. After some nervous moments, they learned the flight had gone smoothly. Its mission, which is to test the CubeSat system itself, is expected to last several years. Fear not, for this won't be the first and the last for Oregon. The group is already hard at work on Orasat 0.5, and it's scheduled for launch this summer. It will be a larger satellite for NASA's CubeSat launch initiative and will carry equipment gathering data for global climate science, studying the distribution of high-altitude cirrus clouds. Meanwhile, if you'd like to track the pride of Oregon's space fans, see the link in the text version of this week's script at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. Norway is moving forward with a plan to introduce a new amateur radio license for beginners. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has that story. Norway has plans to introduce a 10-watt entry-level certificate for young hams. It has the financial support of one million kroner, or nearly 114,000 US dollars, from the Norwegian Research Council, with the input of hams throughout the nation. The proposal, introduced last year, was discussed at Norway's ham meeting, an annual amateur radio convention. Attendees included the communications regulator, ENCOM, and the Norwegian Radio Relay League. The NRRL, the Research Institute of Forsfaret and Torbjorn, LA4ZCA, are working together on a plan to introduce the subject formally into school curricula. The proposed certificate would become available to 12- and 13-year-old enthusiasts operating at low power on limited bands. The entry-level licence has the support of such groups as the Academic Radio Club, or ARK, which has already been making classes available. The ARK is Norway's oldest amateur radio club for students. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Get ready for a birthday party on the air, marking one of the greats in American country music history. We hear more about this special event from Jim Dameron, N8TMW. The Amateur Radio Service Club of Paintsville, Kentucky, will be operating a special event station from the birthplace of country music star Loretta Lynn in Butcher Hollow, Van Leer, Kentucky, commemorating her 90th birthday. During her musical career, Miss Lynn received numerous awards, including three Grammys, seven American Music Awards, eight Broadcast Music Incorporated Awards, 13 Academy of Country Music, eight Country Music Association, and 26 fan-voted Music City News Awards. The club will be using the call sign K4L, which stands for Kentuckians for Loretta. The special event station will be operating from 0 through 2359 hours UTC on April 14, 2022 on all HF bands and on repeaters on the East Kentucky repeater system. They will also be operating some of the digital modes as well as CW. For a specially designed QSL confirming contact, send your QSL and SASE to KY4ARC. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Dameron, N8TMW. 
Summit activators are getting ready for a formal international challenge in the HEMA awards scheme. Ed Durant, DD5LP, brings us that report. Few challenges are too tall for radio operators who are accustomed to conquering and activating summits. So when summit radio enthusiast Rob, G7LAS, suggested to his fellow activators that they participate in an international HEMA summit day on Saturday, April 2nd, they jumped on board. Activators from around the world have committed to operating on that day to get as many other summits in their logs as possible. Others have pledged to be enthusiastic chasers. Activators will especially be looking to grab contacts between HEMA summits in the recently added associations. To qualify for the HEMA award scheme, summits must have a prominence between 100 and 150 metres over the surrounding terrain. Details of the HEMA award scheme can be found at the internet address given in the text version of this script at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. In the world of DX, the 3Y0J Bouvet Island D-Expedition has put out a QST in the hopes that the team can add a radio operator from North America focusing on single sideband. Co-leader Ken, LA7GIA, wrote in a posting on the team's Facebook page that the physical challenges during the D-Expedition and the 10-day sail in early 2023 will be intense. The team guarantees pileups, but no showers for three weeks. The team members are expected to pay a minimum of $20,000. Interested? Send an email to info at 3y0j.no. For our final story, we hear about a group of university students in Pennsylvania who were just as happy when their weather balloon launched as when it burst. Cell MB KB3TZD has their story. The morning fog covering Philadelphia burned off just in time for the triumphant launch of the latest high-altitude weather balloon of the Villanova University CubeSat Club. The balloon's 90-minute journey on Friday, March 18th, began on the college campus in Pennsylvania just before noon local time and ended at 1.30 in the afternoon in central New Jersey. The payload included three amateur radio transmitters using the club callsign W3YP, three cameras, and a GPS tracker. Progress reports were tweeted live by club advisor Alan Johnston, KU2Y, and the students live-streamed the action from the club's Instagram account. The helium-filled latex balloon was designed to burst when the flight reached an altitude of 60,000 feet, or 18.2 kilometers. The payload was outfitted with a parachute, which returned it to Earth for successful recovery by the students. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cell Emby, KB3, TZD. With thanks to AMSAT UK, the ARK, ARRL, the CQ Magazine, Daryl Stout, WX4QZ, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Facebook, Global Bihari, John Hager, N4KJU, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, space.com, Twitter, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operations. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at AR Newsline and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. 
And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.